listening to The Smoking Section, powered by Symphonic. Here we are, another episode, season five, Smoking Section Podcast. I have here two guys that I've followed for a long time. They are badasses, bad, badass songwriters. If you haven't heard of their music, then you're fucking crazy and you're living under a rock. Amen. You said it. I, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I said what I said. It's a fucking rock. It's a fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Low Cash, how you guys doing? Doing fantastic, brother. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little hot today. It is hot, yeah. dude. It's, it's super hot. It's a little hot. And y'all talking about going on a damn boat? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not my black ass. <laughs> been there, been there, done that. Haven't you seen that nice water? Here? Listen, I did nice water. <laughs> Shit's it's dirty beautiful. as hell. Yeah, nice and muddy and needles no. in there. Are you, which, which, probably some bodies in there too. I guarantee there's. I guarantee there. there's bodies in the person. Gotta be. There is no doubt. Gotta be. It's gotta be. If there's not, there's a problem. Oh, we're, we're even going on the river. Which no, is we're worse. going on to Cumberland. Oh, that definitely has bodies in it. No, yeah. more, no, no way. Fish the, don't the catfish swim. have eaten them by now. Oh, I, well, fish don't swim there, man. Just, I mean, we have people on TikTok jumping off the pedestrian bridge into it. Yeah, really? And they, then they get yeah. MRSA the I didn't next know that. day. Yeah, they were like there was like a huge thing going on for like maybe a month. This is really worried about MRSA and MRSA bodies amoebas. I'm, amoebas. I'm, I'll be worried about MRSA. You think? What so? about the amoebas that go in your brain? I don't want. It. I don't know. See, if it's this hot is enough. why, and this is why black folks don't go into the river. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's too many. There's too many animals that I don't know about. Right. I don't want anything to do with. Uh-uh, fuck that. No way. Uh-uh. So what's new with you guys? What's going on? How's life? Ooh, oh. Just got off the road. Yeah. Just got home a couple hours ago. Really, yesterday, and uh, you know, rushed back out to the house and kiss the babies and you know see the family for a second, and then you're right back out. <sighs> Pushing a new single called Beach Boys with yeah. the Beach Boys on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that and I listened to it. That like, first of all, let's talk about this. How the fuck did you get the Beach Boys on the song? <laughs> We're still figuring that one out. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I mean, we wrote a song called Beach Boys, and uh, and then you know, as you're writing the song, you're like, man, what if the Beach Boys actually? hear this someday or something right? right and so we're like joking around about it and we're like well then when the song gets done and we're like well this actually has some potential to maybe be a single for us and then we're like what if they really do hear this we had to call and get them to approve because we uh you know B- brian and mike uh mike love they mm-hmm. wrote the i get around song for the beach boys right and we sort of used a little piece of it in right. our song but we turned it into a drinking song so we're like you know i get around let's drink them down you mm-hmm. get around let's drink them down so we still had to have them approve it. And so we sent away through the, um, through the publishing company, BMG publishing, you know, sent it to the beach boys camp and, and you had to get it approved by Brian and Mike. So we have just not ex- expecting anything. Double the chance. It's not yeah. going mean, to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then Mike called us and said, uh, man, not only are we approving it, Brian approved it. He approved it. He goes, we want to be on it. Crazy. Okay, yeah. so so the Beach Boy <laughs> called you himself and yeah. was like, "Hey, I want to be on this song." I'm sitting in my truck and my phone goes off and I'm like, "It's an unknown number, right?" Yeah. So I answered it and I was like, "This can't be good. It's got to be a bill collector or something, right?" <laughs> and so I answer the phone and he's like, "Hey," uh, and he he speaks real slow and like groovy yeah. and cool still, you know. And he's like, "Hey, this is Mike from the Beach Boys," and he just gets quiet. And yeah, I was he's, like, "He's very like." Yeah, I'm alone in the truck. 
fuck. I think and groovy I'm like, is the right out. word. It is. It's kind of like still he, super cool. And, probably uh, smoke a lot of weed still. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> and then he says, uh, but you can call me Doctor Love. And I was like, okay, that's a baller right there. And uh, holy shit, I, right? And uh, man, we hit it off on the phone. We talked for about thirty minutes, and over the course of that phone call, I could tell that the interest was genuine, and that they really wanted to be part of this project with us. And couldn't wait to call Chris, tell him all about it. And man, it happened. I, I mean, yeah, you you shit your pants at least. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saved them too because I was like, these are the nice. these are the britches I was Spell wearing. Beach boys with it. <laughs> That's the actual shit in the britches that I shit when they called. <laughs> Hard Rock just called uh, for those britches. They're gonna hang them. They're, they're gonna hang yeah, on. They're yeah. gonna hang them in there in a stank. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! A lot of mold and bugs coming in that one. <laughs> Grandmas will love it. <laughs> oh, oh man! Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. How'd you guys get the name Low Cash? That's coming from Preston, um, back in Kokomo, Indiana. When I met Preston, he was like, "Man, I'm part of this like, and, and, and lack of better words, gang, but not gang. You mm-hmm. know, just like a bunch of like boys a fraternity. Like a fraternity. Yeah, yeah. 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 just a bunch yeah. of dudes that get together on Saturday night and shotgun beers and." Uh, and you had to be initiated to be in the little crew, right? You know, and right. I, I still believe you got it from CB4. Uh, I mean, maybe someone I mean, had, it, you had it, been it watching have been watching it. You had to been watching it, and then maybe early, early on yeah. or something. But we were called the Low Cash Money Boys, yeah. And so we were like LCMB for life, right? And so we were just having fun with it. Everybody had nicknames once you got initiated. And so, you know, when I met Chris, I was like, "You got to be one of the Low Cash Money Boys, man. You got you're cool. I mean, this right. is fun. Got to meet my guys back home." So when my buddies met Chris, they were like. Oh, he's automatic. He's getting in. And so he gets a nickname. He's called Wednesday. I'm initiated. And, uh, weird way. You know, so when we made Chris a member of the Low Cash Money Boys, it was really Chris's idea to be the uh, kind of the country boys of Low Cash. Mm -hmm. Like maybe we should just call ourselves low cash cowboys or something. So mm-hmm. going back in the day, that's what we call ourselves low cash cowboys. And then, uh, later on, you know, around, I love this lifetime. When yeah. that song, when that song came out, we dropped the cowboys and just people were calling us low cash for short anyway. Yeah. So it was easy. Yeah. Cause you guys used to wear cowboy hats too, didn't you? Yeah. He yeah. Does. He still does. He still and does? none of us yeah. really had money back then, you know? So the best things in life are free. And that's what low cash means. It has nothing to do with it. You know, the amount of money you have or trying to achieve, it's just, you know, realizing that really cool stuff happens for free a lot of times. It's a way of life. It is. We came from that, man. And that's what we did. We didn't have money growing up like that. Kind of keep to your roots. You know, you just don't, don't ever forget that. That's very true. Uh, So Chris, why did, why did you move to Tampa? I mean, I'm not mad at you for moving to Tampa. Yeah, I mean, but nobody can be mad yeah, at Yeah, I'm not mad at you for Tampa moving to Tampa. Bay, but man, what am I supposed to do? You know, everybody, ever since I moved, man, the lightning win, the, the Bucks, Bucks win, the Razor win, the World Series. That's what's going on down there. So you, are, you, are you the good luck? I think it's me, man. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's just so my they, wife. My wife is from Tampa. She's from Dunedin and not too far from there. So I would come home. I mean, we're on the road 200 some days a year. Mm-hmm. So I have three kids. I came home one day in Tennessee and I love vacation in Florida anyway, visiting her parents. Right. I was falling in love with it every time I went down there. And next thing you know, I come home and she's just, I could see where she's fed up, man. It's over. I could see it. It's like, okay, I need to do something here or this ain't going to work. And then, you know, she's, she moved here for 10 years with me. So she yeah. did her part. She did her part. Yeah. She did her part. And I could afford it. And I said, all right, baby, we're moving. We moved in two weeks. You moved in two weeks? Right after that. Chris always moves in two weeks. Let me just 
Like, I don't know. I, it's he bad. loves to move fast. He's a mover now. I, I, when I, Two weeks I is pretty damn fast. I don't know how many houses he's had since I've known him. He's a mover. Well, we got evicted from two. Well, but, yeah. I mean, well, we've all matter. we've all been there. That's we had to move. We've all been there. Yeah, we've been we've been that broke. That's the fastest movement ever. <laughs> <laughs> You can go on the next ten, next ten days. Why is this door locked? Guess we got to go to the hotel. They put my stuff in a, a U-Haul unit. Though. Did they, they really? Throw it in the street. The That's nice of them. That's nice of them. I, I think it's the neighborhood. They were going to do it. They were going to do it. No. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I've been evicted once in my life. Yeah, it sucks. Repoed. It, 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 I've been repoed. Yeah, I knew the repo. <laughs> I knew him. So did I. Dude, I, bought a, I bought a jet ski when we had no money. <laughs> like, what's up, Jeff? You taking my jet ski? Okay, cool. Yeah. Got right. Mustang that we toured in that got repoed. What? Ah, uh, yeah, man. Because when, when there's a story there, there's a story. Let's, let's hear that story. Let's let's hear that story. All right, all right. I'm, I'll try and make a long story short, but it's hard to do in twenty some years on the on the road. So when we first were with a uh, record label called Stradivarius, that's them calling. That's what it sounded like being on that label. Yeah. <laughs> so our song that was climbing the chart. It was already at 30 and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, this is incredible. Mm. And then radio, everything quits on us. So we had a call in the back of the bus saying like, hey, the label is folded because of this. You still have 60 dates on the book for radio. Country music radio. And so when you're a new artist, you go out and do shows for radio yeah. for no money. Yep. The label pays for it. Yep. They pay for your band. They pay for your travel. They pay for everything. And radio gets a free show. And then, yep. you know, they play your record for it. So it's a fair game. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And then you get out there. And Preston and I, when we got that call, you know, I remember James Stroud saying to us, he said, listen, man, James Stroud, huge producer here in Nashville. Um, he said, I'm going to call every radio station for you guys and say it's not your fault. This is what happened. Don't hold it against them. Well, me and Preston know better than that. Say so he was going to cancel the shows for us, yeah. you know, take them yeah. off the books. Yeah. So we would yeah. And he was going to do that. Yeah. But if we, as soon as we did that, we knew our career was over. Right. Period. It was that radio would never give us another chance. Right. So we ended up doing 60 shows with our own money because we didn't pay rent. We didn't, he lived in a car. We didn't. I mean, I just had a kid with my wife. Wow. Yeah. So we had no money whatsoever. We got evicted to the house and I got into an apartment. I could. I probably had a kid. I didn't. Know. <laughs> I mean, I was like, what's going on? Man? That means you probably still <laughs> have one. Probably still have oh, one. Man, that does. Take that. Strike that. <laughs> strike that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. And that's that's where that money went to try and do that. That, that you know, but that just shows, though, like, you know, the in and out and the hardship of what this business is about because yeah, it's like it's a lot of shit that people oh I want to be in the industry oh it's so fun <laughs> no right. we're constantly betting on ourselves yeah I mean I feel like every every turn man still uh, to this feel day, like we're still just constantly betting on ourselves and knowing that there's another level that we mm-hmm. can achieve and it's going to take everything we got including the money we've made to achieve that next level mm-hmm. and and to to break that glass ceiling that, that we're up against right. all the time I mean that's Anybody in life. I'm starting to think it's plexiglass. It could be. It could be. We might need something. It could be. Break it. It could. It could be. It could be. We might need you to come in and just break it for us. Give me a sledgehammer. We'll give some some time. I want the Luke Combs ads. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't we all? Right. Oh (laughs) shit. I'm not an artist, and I want the Luke Combs ads. That's insane. 
you know, that was a lot of freaking ads. Anyway, so how do you guys, because you guys been together for what, 15 years, 20 years, 20 years? How do you guys determine, hey, this is going to be a single radio? Hey, because obviously you both have like, you know, different opinion on what song is great, what song is not great or what or just okay. But how do you guys get through that? Because you guys are brothers. You've been doing it for 22 years. So like, I think that helps. Yeah. <laughs> We've done it this long. But it's actually a really good question. Um, I think we, we've never really argued about radio singles. Um, we just know when they fit. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't know what radio wants, to be honest with you. I have no idea. I know we have monster hits, monster songs that people will never probably hear. I think it's a combination And it H is us. Yeah. I think, a no, it's a lot of people there. like that. I right. think that, you know, Chris has to love the song enough to make it a single. I have mm-hmm. to love the song enough to make it a single or it's off right there. Right. And then beyond that, then, you know, we take it out on the road and we try it on the road. And right. If the crowd seems to be reacting to it a little bit, we're like, well, there could be something here or, or a lot, you know, like, um, or first time Beach we Boys one, call you and say they want to be on a song. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, that's kind of like an yeah. automatic push, yeah. but then, you know, in the bigger, uh, you know, grand scheme of things, you also have, you know, Loba at the label and you have the mm-hmm. And our staff and you have your management. There's other opinions that do come in. Right. And, and we all kind of hash it out and talk about it. And at the end of the day, if it's if it feels like something that the whole entire team can get behind, then we'll we'll push. For that. How often have you fought with your label to to push for a song that you're like, oh, we don't know about this. But you guys like truly believed in the song. You know, I think maybe early on with. um Maybe on old the labels. old reviver days, yeah, things like that. Reviver. There was something. There's been there's been none of that. Uh, yeah, we haven't fought with BMG. Chris and I are. I think we're um, smart enough to know that if somebody in the chain in mm-hmm. the in the team doesn't really want to get behind something, that's not going to be, be good for any of us. Right. It, it's going to eventually you're going to get down the road and run into that. Right. And so we would rather everybody just be behind something. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, together. we got there's stuff we you know artists are going to disagree with all the time. You know. Oh, yeah. But not not we have never really disagreed with a song with them or anything like that or or I don't think there's been an argument with BMG. I think everything no, no. right now with the music industry the way it's right because that label's a great label. So yeah, it's, it's that's, that's why it's I was, very I was, I was very curious about that. To be there yeah, and and be able to call them home because I mean they're constantly caring about us more than just the music. Right. What's going on in your life? Right. Can we help? What you know? We we are a family with BMG. It's great. Well, yeah. we hang with Loba's friends too. You know, yeah, Loba's a great dude. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna go back here because I'm 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 going all the way around in your career. Basically, is yeah. what's happening here. So I like it. Um, but. But I was tell you a story about ten years ago. Ten years ago, no, was probably more than that. I was booking at a venue called That's Cool here in Nashville. Nice. Years ago, and Danny Myrick came in. Richard Tatum came in. They played, and Love obviously it. at that point they had She's Country out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Danny decided, and he wasn't supposed to, but he did. I, I can tell the story now because now it's like freaking. It's already out. It's I 10 years later. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danny uh, played this story, played, played this song, and we had to make sure that no one was, like, filming right. or anything. Uh, and it was, and I'm, like, sitting here, and I'm, like, who the hell is He wouldn't tell us until afterwards who was cutting the song. 
And I was like talking to the door guy the entire time. Like, that's a fucking Tim McGraw song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I guarantee it's a Tim McGraw song. I'm like, that has to be a Tim McGraw song. There's no one else who can pull that off right now. Like, that has to be a Tim McGraw song. And sure enough, it was Tim McGraw. So the song was Truck Yeah. Mm-hmm. I at one point thought he was saying fuck yeah. Yeah, that's how which, I which how <laughs> And I'm a deer hunter. I thought he was saying buck yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean <laughs> like, what's happening? What's happening here? I got a funny story that goes full circle on this because um Oh, go ahead, finish your story. I want to hear what that's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the song, you know, we write the song with Jansen and Myrick, and somebody popped in that day and said, Hey, uh, um, no songs about trucks. All right. <laughs> Country music is done singing about trucks. This is what the industry this knows guy, here. It's <laughs> a guy over at our publishing company, not, not BMG, but we were at Sony oh, ATV at the time. Right. And the suit, we'll just call him. A suit. Yeah. He, he pops the door up. Good morning, boys. Hey, uh, I don't know if you got the memo, but no more songs about trucks. Okay. Nobody's cut songs don't about trucks. Hear songs about trucks anymore. And so we were like, Oh, <laughs> Okay. And he's like, all right, you guys write us a big one. Yeah, he shuts the door. And we're looking at each other like, what in the world just happened? Did, did trucks just get removed from the country dialogue completely somehow? And so Danny Myrick is kind of riffing on something on his guitar. And he says, I say we write a song about trucks. <laughs> and, you know, just being, just having fun. Yeah. He looks at Chris and Chris is like... I'm I'm in. He looks at Chris Jansen and Chris says, uh, he says, fuck yeah. And I said, uh-uh, truck yeah. And we Holy all look at, shit. Right? Like I still get to goosebumps. Holy shit. I have never in my life said truck yeah before in my life. Nor is it an idea that I've even seen no. on something. Right. Or right. right. This was one of the only times in my life where I felt like it was, you know I what I mean? Yep. From was, yep. This yep. is no lie. I was sitting right down here. You guys can't see this, obviously, but right down here at the stoplight. And I was coming up to the right today before that even happened. And this, this dude, this uh, crazy redneck was in this big old truck. Just blaring little Wayne. Blaring little Wayne. I'm like... I read Nick Lesson Little Wayne. I mean, he's got wolfers in the back. No shit. So while Danny's doing that lyric and they're talking, and I'm going, I got Little Wayne pumping in my iPod. You know, and then and then we start writing, press like thumping in the subs, baby. Yeah, and then we're back of the all. So here's where it goes boom. full circle. So we turn the song in. And they say, and BMG is like, or not BMG, Sony ATV says. Uh, uh, we thought we told you no songs about trucks. And we were just like, we got well, yelled at for making a lot of noise. You got, a, too. you got a truck song on your hands. Go get it cut. And they were like, uh, I'll never forget them look, looking at each other like this will never get cut. They, they laughed. actually laughed. And so we walked out, right? Oh, so we turned in the song, we walk out. Well, Jansen goes home and plays it for his wife. Uh huh. She loves it. Kelly Jansen. Yeah. She makes a call to Missy Gallimore. Uh-huh. Missy Gallimore says, play me the song. And she says, McGraw's already cut, you know, what, 16 songs or something. Yeah, He's not that, cutting that, anymore. Yeah, that song, that, that, that album was a lot of freaking songs. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no more songs. Right. Like, we're done. Right. We've, closed, we, we've shut the session down. And she says, I'm coming to play you this song. So Jansen's wife takes it to Missy, plays it for Missy. Missy's like... 
okay, <laughs> we're going to McGraw. And so they go to McGraw. McGraw's like, I've already cut enough songs. I'm done. This project is complete. She says, you got to hear one more. So she plays it for him. He's like, we're cutting one more. So they cut one more song. That was in less than a week they cut that thing. Now, Are you man. shitting me? Oh, it was we. Oh, they move like you move in. Yeah, okay. We don't know Evicted that this move. is happening, right? Right. And so we are, what, what level are we on right now here? This three. is a three. We're one three. level up. So one more level up right here four, in this four. exact spot right there. Right. So we're sitting there. We and just had Urban cut. Um, You're going to fly. Gonna fly. Yeah. yeah. So that was a four months prior. Yeah. After so, being evicted and that saved our life. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris Jansen calls me and I go into Tony Conway's office and I'm sitting on the phone and I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, I'm sitting on my lawnmower right now. And I just, I just heard that McGraw's going to cut our song. And I said, now, if that was true, I would have gotten a call from Sony ATV. Ben Strain would have called me and right I, beep on my phone. And I was like, I looked at my phone and it said Ben Strain. And I said, please hold. <laughs> I click over. This is no lie. I click over. I'm like, what's up, Strain? He says, McGraw's cutting truck. Yeah. And I was like, please hold. <laughs> I click over. I'm like, truck fucking yeah. And I mean, Chris runs in the office. He's like, what's going on? And I said, McGraw's cutting truck. Yeah. Man, we start running all over that office. I, Chris had a baseball bat in, for, in his hand for some reason. I have no idea how you, was they, it in they Tony's office? Me, they call me Batman. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so anyway, we're running around. We're high five and we're chest bumping all the employees. I mean, we're just going crazy. And the rest is history. I mean, he took it all the way to the top. Top 10. Yeah, Crazy, right? That's so it's funny. That's full circle because Tim, Tim McGraw is actually one, it's the guy who got me into country music. That's awesome. So I live like you were, live like you were dying. Yes. Oh, that song. So, that's man, so it was like, what? So, my friend had told me, like, and I've said this before, but my friend had told me, you know, oh, you should listen to CMT. I lived out in the boondocks of South Jersey. And I'm like, what is CMT? Oh, it's country music. I'm black. I'm 15 years old. I'm black. I don't listen to country music. Where are you from? South Jersey, Philadelphia. Okay. And so, uh, the, so she goes, no, you should listen to it. So it turns, turns it on. Cause this is when they were telling you what was coming up next and how right, many right. minutes was oh, coming yeah. up next. That's awesome. <laughs> That's when they had videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they actually had videos. Yeah. And so, uh, so I watched it. I'm like, Oh shit, this is a really good song at 15 years old. And then literally came after was save a horse, ride a cowboy. That's awesome. Well, you're in. Redneck, red, redneck woman. Come on. And then it was the Keith Urban, you'll think of me at the time, oh, which at on. that point in time growing up, I'm like, I don't like this slow shit. Like, get this shit. Right. And now I'm like, nowadays, I'm like, that's one of my favorite Keith Urban songs. Right. Oh, God, yeah. And I'm like, it's like one of the best Keith Urban songs. It's he, one of the he, best songs. Ever. 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 And I, I found out, and I don't know how true this is, because I haven't seen him in, in besides CMA Fest, but I found out at one point he took it out of his set. Yeah, on tour. He's got so many. He has so many, but you can't take that I song know. out. There are songs, but I mean, that song's like, okay, go ahead, take it out. You'll think of me later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Four years later, you'll think yeah, of me. Yeah, you'll, you'll think, think of me. me. You'll think of me. I'll be back in that set. Exactly. <laughs> you got to think though. I mean, it's like when you have so many slow songs in the set, man. It sucks. It sucks. I really. I, I went to Kenny here at. Uh, Nissan Stadium and Kenny basically only put two solo songs in this entire yeah. two yeah. and a half hour set. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you're like 57 years old, dude, and you're running across this stage. Yeah, he's he's killing it. He's killing it. Like he's still killing it. Like you're, like you're 25 years old still. Right. 
And I'm like, and you don't like. And he's still single though. He's still single. Yeah, he's still single. Keeps you 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kids. Yeah. No kids to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, he's at this, like, it was like this high energy. It's like, you don't like slow down. No. At any given point. You did two, like I said, two slow songs. Yeah. Out of what? 30 songs, 25 yeah. songs. Yeah. Which is like, I'm like, huh. And then you're like, cause you're having so much fun. You leave and you're like, well, he didn't go there. He didn't do there goes my life. He didn't do right. You know, he didn't do the classic shit. And it's like, Oh, but it was such a damn good time. Yep. And he's kind of the king of mids too. Yeah. Like he's got, you know, you know, he can take uh, you know, don't blink or one of those yeah. songs. It's not really super fast. Right. But he can make it feel. He can make it feel like an anthem. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's like, whoa, that's that's a goat for me. That's a goat. Mm -hmm. That's a goat. So let's see. You mentioned it. Let's talk about you gonna fly. Yep. Because so I was at that number one party. You were there? I was there because that was the one that was at. You were at our uh, number one party? That was the one that was at. Um, what was it? I'll, I'll name it if you want. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Chappies. Chappies, that's right. No, I, no, no, On not church. that one. No, not that one. Not that one. Okay, so I went to the Keith Urban one that he had long. It was Long Hot Summer for the one that I right went to. Right before hours. Right before you guys. Gotcha. Yeah. Right before. Yeah, and he had like, he had like contest. He didn't play. Like, he had contest winner play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song. That's cool. Which is really cool. He's always up to something. He's always up to something cool. different. Yeah. So let's talk about You Gonna Fly. Cause what, like, cause you, so you talk about how you found out Tim McGraw was cutting yeah. that. How did you find out yeah. Keith was cutting that? That's a crazy story, too. Yeah, this one was, uh, this was after eviction. This was me putting in a request to be a police officer in Orlando, Florida. And cause my wife was already from Florida and I was like, I have a kid now. I mean, yeah, this is before gotta, truck. Yeah. So yeah. things yeah. were a little bit right, darker. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, no deal, no single, no nothing. And I, I didn't know what I was going to do, man. I remember crying my eyes out that night, dude. That's right, fellas. We cried. And I cried because I didn't know what I was going to do. I had to give up something. Wow. And I wasn't giving up my kid or, you know, my wow. Wife. So I put it in Orlando. They were actually um, saying, coming down to the police academy, you know, hey, well, we were interested. And I was like, okay. And they, made, they started money, good money in Orlando. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, crap, guys. Literally, in maybe two hours after that, I'm sitting on the couch. I got my little boy and I just got done crying. We're watching this TV. My wife comes over and she's hugging me because she knows I'm in a bad mood. And, and Urban called me. I had a friend in, where was that? Uh, California. Adam Jeffries. Adam Jeffries. Australia, California. He was a program director there. And he called me. He's like, hey, I'm with someone. He wants to talk to you. And he puts Keith. He's like, hey, Chris, it's Keith. I just want you to know that, you know, we're cutting you going to fly. It's going to be the next single. Well, you want to talk about like that's a divide. Simba, yeah, one of my kids. <laughs> that's what I did, man. Yeah. That's a like, but that's a divine event because here you are getting ready. You notice the success stories always happen where it's like, well, I was getting ready to quit. I yeah. mean, I was, I had no, I had no choice. You had no I didn't choice. want right. to. You didn't want to. But you right. had no choice. It's like I was getting ready to quit. Or I was getting ready to give up, and then this happened. Yeah. I mean, this guy's trying to shower in tin roof because he's living in his car on the street. You know, you know? it's crazy because, um, shower in tin roof. Hold up. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. You made that part. Up. I know. I, I, shower I, just tin roof to, I just used tin roof to take a shit. Yeah. I wasn't going to say, I was trying to be nice and not say shit, but there is know. no shower. It's not right. There is no shower in tin roof. And so I'm like, um, where are you there's showering? A there's, there's a sink. sink. There's a there shower. There's a little parking lot. There was a Shoney's where that big old high yeah. rise is. Yes. And there was a, there was a parking lot between the, Comfort yep. in and Shoney's. And there was a 
travel a lot. And if you could park way back in the back, nobody would bother you much. Yep. You know, some homeless guys would walk by and want to wash your car or something for five bucks. We've probably been neighbors. Uh, maybe. <laughs> We've probably been neighbors. When I was, because there were times when I was like, I used to live in Murfreesboro. So it's like me going to Tin Roof and yep. getting drunk and driving all the way back to Murfreesboro was not a smart no, idea. So right. I was literally right parked my car. This is what in I mean by that, that in that back corner. Oh, I guarantee you guys were neighbors. Oh, we probably were neighbors for sure a couple nights. safe there for some so did I. Should have brought over eggs together. Exactly. I mean, you know? By the time Tin Roof would close, the reason I felt safe, Tin Roof would close, what, three o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. And then the sun would be up in three hours. Mm-hmm. So if I could just sleep for three or four hours, I felt safe when the sun was coming up. And I was like, this is a, this is a cool spot right, right. Um So it's a little crazy with that song because... Uh, you know, Urban says that he's going to cut the song and we're excited. And um, and then the next thing, you know, uh, they said it's going to be the first single. And we're like, no way. We've got the lead single on an Urban album. This is wild. Right. And so everybody's ready. And uh, all of a sudden, the last second, they switched it to a different song. And we're like, uh oh, what's wrong? No, no. They were like, what's wrong with our song? Like what's happened? And then we're like, okay, Urban sends an email to Sony ATV and Strain says, all right, here it is. It, Urban's going to make it his second single. And we're like, okay, cool. Well, time, it comes time for, you know, the first song goes mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Second song's coming. It's not You Gonna Fly. And we're like, uh-oh, what's going Somebody doesn't, somebody in the label, in the label. or somewhere, somewhere is not pushing for Someone this Someone that doesn't like us. And we're like, oh, no. I don't know. Probably. Probably. So next thing you know, uh, we're like, and he sends it, Urban sends an email. Hey, me and Nicole absolutely love this song. It's going to be our third single. It's going to be the third single. Just get ready. Just hang in there. So second, you know, single goes to number one and we're all like crossing our fingers. Long hot summer comes out and we're like, what? And they're only going three songs, man. They're only going to do three songs. That was the system that Nashville had put out an album, rock three, three singles. Yep. They all go number one. New album gets launched. Right. And we're like, that's it. It's done. We're not getting a single out of the song. Can't believe it. Not, man. Let's mention the flood. And so, well, that was when we were cut. That was when he was yeah. cutting. So it, it's not going to happen. It's over. And then, uh, man, I had joined the Keith Urban fan club. I had done <laughs> everything. He's like, Chris, I'm in Monkeyville. I I'm like, what? I was in the Monkeyville or whatever it's called. I'm yeah, yeah. awesome. And I got like a nickname and everything. I'm like, you know, user number 1216 in Monkeyville. And I'm like, you know, trying to get the inside scoop because they said Urban will have exclusive behind the scenes footage of his next single in Monkeyville and I was or whatever it was you know so I'm just like okay I'm sitting there I'm trying no, to watch no and I'm uh, and they start talking about releasing a new album and I'm like it's over we didn't get a single dreams are shattered still got a great urban cut out of yeah, it yeah. it's not gonna be a single yeah and then he uh had a little something going on with his vocal cords and he needed he had to go he on vocal rest I remember that and I was like, wait, 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 there's no way he's going to go on vocal rest for three or four months no. and not put out another single. He's going to come with a fourth single. He's going to do the unthinkable and come with a fourth single. And sure enough, that son of a gun puts out, you're going to fly fourth. And it just skyrockets. That's when two week number one that's for a, us. That's a, that's a, uh, it's- 
that's also I think that's also a Keith Urban classic. Dude, I it's, do too, man. I think it reminds me of I no, like, I really do. It does. It, no, it legit does. And it's like and you don't get a lot of old Keith today. Mm-hmm. Even though his music is great, you still get a whole lot of them today. But like that's a that's a Keith classic, along with Hot Long Hot Summer as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like like holy shit. You man, broke the system. Got so lucky, man. So blessed on that. And uh it all worked out. Two week number one. And uh we get we went and got tattoos, you know. You gonna fly tattoos, and he's got one. I got one. And uh, the guy that did mine, his name was uh, was it Tommy Lee? Yeah, man. Yeah. I had his Brett name Michaels, was Tommy Lee, and but I had it Brett wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> this mom, this mom named their kids this. <laughs> yeah. That's some funny shit. I know. All right, so we talk about your writing as number ones. But let's talk about I Love This Life. Yeah, man. That one, dude. What a monster. <laughs> what, what, what's, so I always don't want to ask artists who's, who's had other cuts with artists. Right. But my question is, what's sweeter? Getting that first number one hit with an artist or getting your first number one hit? Man, that's that's a... I mean, only because I was... Poor shit. Right. <laughs> you know, right. He saved my life, right. basically. Um, and you're also poor as shit after it goes number one. After it goes number yeah. one. For another like year and a half? Yes. <laughs> it takes a while. And I just but told my drug collectors, look, yeah. I went to the mailbox it's every coming. day. Yeah. I was like, is no, it here? No, that <laughs> shit, that's, the thing, that's the thing people don't realize. It's it like, coming. They don't get paid until literally almost a year afterwards. <laughs> the day that it finally came, I opened up the mailbox and I was like, is it here? And it was there. I was like, shut the mailbox. <laughs> I'm like, is anybody seeing this shit? Because I'm about to pull out an envelope. I don't need nobody to see. I'm like, I got to get this to the bank real quick. Get to the bank real quick. Then they put it on hold for five days. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. This ain't real. This ain't real. We got to verify this. I need a meeting in the back. (laughs) They're like, okay, this is just a check. Oh, my God. I Love This Life came after You Gonna Fly, Truck Yeah. Then we come out with I Love This Life, get a record deal with um, a record label. First record, second or third record label, and uh, they who's hear counting? who's counting. Who's, who's right. counting? Who's anymore? counting? And there's a guy named Brian Thomas in New York. He hears the song. We had just cut a demo. Yeah, just a demo. At Legends in Barry right. Hill. We knew we had a hot. We song, actually wrote it. We wrote it for Garth Brooks because Garth yeah. was cu- was cutting. Oh no shit! So we sat same guys we wrote Truck Yeah with. You know, Danny and yeah. Jansen. We sat in the room and we're like, all right, boys, let's, let's get ourselves one. And Garth's cutting. Let's do it. And we thought, what is Garth? What is Garth has said everything, done everything. He loves his life, man. He loves What's his he going to say when life. he stands there? He's got his microphone. He looks at the whole stadium. And he says, I love this life. And that's what that's how we wrote it. No it is. Shit. You know, I remember we stomped and went through a couple things. And Jansen was like on... Mountain Dew crack It was crazy He was like on that Mountain Dew We were actually gonna At the time We were gonna sample Boys of Summer Yeah And we were gonna put a sample We were gonna be the first guys Right To sample Boys of Summer Or something like that Yeah Classic rock song Yeah And then mix a new song with it And so You know Myrick was kinda Mad scientist He's always up to something That cool. motherfucker's always He's amazing yeah, right yeah. Yeah, So he's he over there Trying to mix something up And trying to make it happen And finally he was like You know what Maybe we just name the song or something because the flow had already started we were already rocking you know we're like let's not mess with the sample let's not pay somebody else anyway if we get if we get lucky and so it just ended up not being a sample and we put boys of summer in the lyric so So. this guy brian thomas plays it in new york our demo yeah and he plays it and he's getting feedback already and he's like holy cow and he plays it 
40 times a week, which he shouldn't be doing. Because it's a demo. Yes. And we didn't have a label. Finally, this label picks us up. The small little label comes and says, okay, I'll take you guys. And he's playing this song. So New York is, that's like a top... He's breaking the song in New yeah, York breaking City. The song. It's crazy. I mean, we still have New York City cops come up to us and be like, dude, I'd be out, you know, 6 a.m. I hot coffee and starting my shift and boom. It's I crazy. It's crazy me because now they don't have a they don't have a country station in New York. Right. Yeah, now. And that hurts. And that that hurts a lot. Because man, that's where we were broke. That was yeah. that's where it happened. That hurts a lot because it's like there's a there, that, there's, that's a market that's being ignored. It's and so we nurtured ignored. that market. Yeah. We went up and spent a a lot of time. Yeah, there. that's it's like like and they love like despite what people may think, they love country music they up there. Do. Yeah. They love it up there, and it's like I'm from Philly. We love country music too, but it's yeah. like it's you can't you, because it's because those two those two cities are two melting pots yep. of the country. Right. So it's like you're not just getting people who were born and raised in the Bronx or in Queens or right. Brooklyn. You're getting people who are who moved there from a small town to work at a corporation right. that was already list that was already listing the country music so it's like now you're getting that all ignored Mm -hmm. it's like we don't give a fuck about you guys hey guys and it went way further than the city yeah it went out to the suburbs yeah they went out there like how do you how do you get rid of something like that i mean long island's got a great successful country station Mm -hmm. i mean and you know it didn't even infringe on each other it it could work together but anyway it kind of went away um and uh but, you know, I love this life took off of the charts. And then so we got this guy uh, to sign it, kind of us and the song to mm-hmm. a deal. And uh, we we put together a re- it was just the guy who owned the label and me and Chris. There was no one. There was no other employees. It was it. Right. It was just the three of us. I didn't even have a radio team. So we said we will sign with you if you promise to let us hire a radio team. And we mean us. We are going to hire the radio team. Because we had been around the block a few right, times. Right. We knew who was jobless right now right. and really good at what they do. And, and who would leave blood. And who, right. You know, you so got to leave blood doing that. And uh, man, the rest is history. Song went to the top. That song was so positive. Still is. It's still we is. saw we saw Garth uh, a couple years ago, right before the pandemic. And um, it's Garth. You're going to fangirl. Yeah. I fangirl. Sorry. Yeah, I just fangirl over Tom Hanks. Oh, why would you not? <laughs> you, I would call Forrest. I wouldn't even know the name. Forrest. <laughs> shit, I mean, Tom. Tom, Tom, yeah. shit, shit. He told me to get a new phone. I'm like, yeah. well, you want to buy me a new phone? Yeah. <laughs> so, he, um, yeah, he, he takes us to the side and he goes, hey, one of our buddies, um, Chris. Chris Waters. Chris Waters comes up to us and he goes, hey, Garth wants to speak to you guys. And we're like, immediately pooped our pants again. Yeah, I'm like, save those. Like, save those. Those yep. are the hard rock. Right. <laughs> so he comes up and he goes, hey, man, I just want you to know you guys are you guys are crushing it. And I heard a story and um, something. He's like, I want you to know that I, I believe in everything that you're doing. You guys are hard workers and I see it. And we're like, is he getting ready to ask us on tour? He didn't. But... <laughs> He in did, my mind, he did. Yeah. In he my mind, he asked to go on, on the whole world tour. Yeah. Lost the chub so fast. I still have mine. I still have my mine. Chub mine got away. He got evicted quickly. <laughs> but he did go there. He did say this. And we told him a story about how we wrote I Love a Life for him. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, man, I didn't know you wrote it for me. He's like, you can turn it down. Yeah. And well, we were like, thank God you didn't cut it. Yeah. Because yeah. it changed our life in a different way. <laughs> so know. he told us a story. And said, well, you know what, guys? I wrote a song for George Strait called Much he, Too Young to Feel When he first moved to yep. yep. And George never cut it. 
But he did. And then what he said, he said, that was my first number one. But when I saw George later on, he goes, I, he ended up singing so, at the Country Music Hall of Fame. So uh, Garth was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then George sung him. And yes. the curtain opens up and George surprises him and plays that song at his induction. And it was like, wow, is that not Goosebump full circle? Holy shit. Yeah, dude, that's insane. So then Garth says, I want you guys to know you have my word. When you go into the Hall of Fame, I'm singing I Love This Life at your induction. He's going to be 160. He's going to be 160. <laughs> Is that not crazy? He's going to sing it in a wheelchair. He's going to sing, sing that shit. But I mean, Holy what a shit. message of encouragement. You know, just. Yeah, it was pretty. And then he ended up talking incredible. to us, talking about us on Sirius XM. My buddy Stormy hit me up and he's like, yeah. bro, Garth just had everything great to say about you guys. I'm like, did he mention a tour at all? No, nothing. <laughs> We're still checking. I'm going back. Check it's the still tape. possible. Check still it's possible. Still possible. Right? Still possible. Do one or two stadium shows. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's good. It's still possible. I mean, he, had, he just said what he had the opera. I don't know. I've never had an artist who had a place open up for him. Yeah. And he came, so he came to Nashville and did the Nissan Stadium. And it literally just said Opry. <laughs> the Grand Ole Opry open for Garth Brooks. Yeah. Never heard of that. I, there's no country artist that would ever allow no. that, ever have that happen. That's like Low Cash opening act Six Flags. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not, gonna, it's not. I don't know if I'd let Six Flags open for it's us. Not. Just a ball headed guy who dances in commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could stay. <laughs> like, what the hell? But he's like, he like, it literally said Opry. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He had Trisha Yearwood come out. You had Lauren Lana come out. You yeah. had some other, Chris Young come out, Chase Rice come out. I'm like, first of all, Chase, I love you, but you ain't no damn Opry member. So what the hell are you doing coming out here right now? I mean, I was jealous. <laughs> I was jealous too. I'm watching. I'm and like, I'm, and I'm not an artist. Yeah. But it was just, it was, I'm like, I've just never seen where, one, I feel like the Opry, Opry is bigger than Garth Brooks when it comes to country music. Yeah. Obviously. And he knows that. Um, but to have that open oh, and the bill says Grand Ole Opry opens for mm-hmm. Garth Brooks, you got some pull. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> for Garth. sure. And he doesn't even have streaming. Yeah. No, no. It's only, only on Amazon. Stream. It's only on Amazon. Yeah. It's insane to me. I don't understand it. And his numbers are just still his numbers as far as touring. is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it's like. I think it always minutes. will be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to ever stop. I think the same thing as like George, George Strait. It's never going to. George can still sell out stadiums. Yep. Yeah. And he doesn't leave his house for less than $5 million. But. Um, I can't wait for those days. I can't wait for those days. I can't wait for those days. That would be yeah. amazing. But it's like, you know, that's just, that is just something that's like, that's a level that is once in a lifetime or once in a generation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody can replicate that. I mean, yeah. There's only one guy. There's only one Elvis. It's only one Elvis. One MJ. You know, it's, that's very there's true. only one Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. There's only one Beyonce. She's got to be in that conversation. Taylor too. has to be in that yeah. conversation. Beyonce has to be in that conversation. Yep. You know what I realized, though, and I've, I realized this based off the documentary, Pink mm. is on the level of Beyonce and Taylor outside of America. Really? She sells out stadiums outside, arenas here, but she sells out stadiums outside of America. I can more see than, it. She's more than, the most entertaining. Yeah. 
people in the world. Dude. Yeah. And it's very, and it's, she's very, and it's very unique. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole twirling around and it's very unique, but it's like, she, I was very surprised to see him like, not very surprised, but like, <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, it there's was money one of, over there. There's money over there. Smells and feels the same. <laughs> Works the same. All Works the, the above. same all the way above. Goes to the same credit card and yeah, everywhere. No worries. <laughs> um, so, what's next for you guys? I think we're just promoting the single right now, you know, yeah. with Beach Boys. I mean, we're, we're so honed in on it. We're so focused. Um, we've got some big TV appearances coming up with the Beach Boys. Yep. Uh, morning television, big talk show stuff. And Stamos um, is out with us, too, yeah. when we do it sometimes. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah, he's like an honorary he, I, I know that. Yeah. Like cause real he, dog. Yeah. Like, he just landed in London with them just now. Yeah, he's doing their he's European right tour now. with them. Oh, shit. But they're, they're great, man. So we're pushing that. Um, obviously, touring is crazy right now. You know, so uh, here's an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's an idea for you. CMT Crossroads. Um, go ahead. Finish your sentence. Low cash mm -hmm. and the Beach Boys. There you go. go. Done. Featuring Garth Brooks. Featuring Garth Brooks. <laughs> I think this is what I tell people about Crossroads. Is that I think that any artist in country music that collaborates or has a duet with someone that's outside of country music. CMT Crossroads should automatically. Automatic. Correct. But CMT Crossroads should automatically do a Crossroads with that, no matter who it is. Doesn't matter how big or small the artist is. Well, we'd love it if they do, and hopefully they're listening. Guys, this isn't a small artist. This is not a small this artist. Is this is America's favorite band. This is Beach Boys. 60th yeah. anniversary. 60th anniversary. Not 59th. 67 years old, still touring. They're still touring hardcore too. 185 dates a year. They've been touring. That's like true. Longer. That's true. It's crazy, right? That's true. That's how legendary, iconic, amazing this is. Why, and they why sound, would they not be on the CMA and, awards? And they, why would they not be on the ACM awards? That's why very they true. Grammys. Now, obviously, that could happen next year. Right. You know, it's still because it's still young and, and early. But why would you not do that? I don't even care if you say, you see, know what? A, ACMs I can see happening. The ACMs I can see happening. Yeah. Because ACMs typically do that, does the outsider country more so than CMAs. Yeah. And it just makes sense. It makes sense. Because, I mean, the Beach Boys did a thing and said their their fans their country music fans are the same same fans i mean there are a lot of people man they were like beach rock there's yeah a shit ton of there's a shit ton of beach rock and country yeah. music it's a shit ton so, i mean you can just look at the kenny chesney's fucking fan base right just saying and he's still killing and it. he's still killing it <laughs> still killing it oh guess who's calling right now uh, who beach boys are you kidding me no shit you need to answer that we need Go ahead to answer that. hey bruce Brother, what's up? What do you need? Man, we're uh, <laughs> we're live right now, man, on the we smoking need, section. We need you. We need you and, back uh, in the states. <laughs> we're on a we're on a show called the smoking section, and I've got the phone up to the microphone right now. Say hi. Hey, everybody, Bruce Johnston from the Beach Man, a Beach Boy. <laughs> <laughs> now that's cool shit. Yeah, yeah. Ask him anything. He's he's awesome. Bruce, can I get you in my podcast? <laughs> Say again, Bruce. Okay. I want to know everybody's location right now as we speak. We are sitting in the Roy Orbison building on the third floor yep. uh, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Where is your location? I am uh, in uh, Hashi. I am in London right now. Wow. And we got a show coming up. And uh, all I can what tell you is What time is it in uh, London? <laughs> I want to hear your beautiful song. 
all over the world. I need it here in London. I need it every place. How do we do that? Yeah, how do we do that? Well, the smoking section is helping us figure all that out right now. Yeah. Got lots of great ideas. Maybe even a CMT crossroads. Who knows yet? Yeah, well, this is really good. You know, let's let's stay devoted to... to, uh, what we're working on. I love this. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, next time you're in Nashville and he comes to Nashville, yeah. we're going to come up here and, and do a little special. That's fine with me. I'm good with that. With the kill. Hang with it. Yeah. Because Bruce is one of the best well, people to ever talk to, especially interview, but he's got so many stories. Oh, they're dude, they're so endless. Bring it. Incredible. Bring it. Well, perhaps we'll be charting by then. Yeah. Who knows? He we might be charting. Makes the whole world hey, I'll call you back right after this. Okay. Cool, man. Cool, okay. Cool, cool. Bye-bye. Love you, boss. See you. Oh, that doesn't suck. You know that doesn't suck. Call you. That doesn't suck. The Beach Boys is now... I'm going to put that on my resume. That's now being added to my pitch deck. Yeah, for sure. Beach Boys. <laughs> Beach Boys is on my podcast. <laughs> Bro, they tell us some stories, man. That's that's a whole other podcast with you to hear some of the stuff. And we got crazy-ass stories, too. But we're talking like... Charles Manson days. No shit. Yeah. I mean, Good everything. It's, it's I mean, that's just one. That's just one. Yeah. Good he told Lord. me one time he was at, and it, you wanted him to tell you this story someday, but um, he was at this dance, this after party dance of some sort. Maybe it was a birthday party or something for someone. And he had this girl. He's like 23, 24 years old. And he's got this girl with them and they're slow dancing. He finally worked up the nerve to ask her for a dance. Mm-hmm. He says, Would you dance with me? And they go out and they're slow dancing. And he kind of got lost in the moment and she had this big smile on her face and he kind of kind of looks around the room and the Beatles had joined arms in a circle around him and because that everyone's excited he had finally asked her right yeah and it's just a bunch of friends right you know and they're all just like smiling and going in a circle around you know bruce and his girl as they dance and he was like man if i would just had a photo or or any i said you know what some of this is better left unseen these are stories that are in your heart that's what i keep telling people about concerts yeah truth you know like yeah. i i get i get you know wanting to capture something on your phone because that's a that's you need the social media content but it's like sometimes it's just it's mm-hmm. just you just need to be in the moment and we're on stage saying the same thing to these people yeah just looking through us just phone. through a phone it's like you and pay the whole show it's not everything. it's not just you know, yeah I, I would give it like okay if it's one song or two songs sure, here and there but I would totally get am. that I'm on a video yeah but if you're like you're doing this and you're doing it through the entire concert it's like then why the fuck did you pay the money yeah right why did you why did you pay the money so look at me where you through a phone where it's like oh I saw this on YouTube Okay. Right. All right. I'm standing right in front of it, but I yeah. saw this on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, like, it's like, just live in a moment. I did that with Ed Sheeran. I did it with Ed Sheeran. I have no. I saw Ed Sheeran one time at Bristol Arena. I have no videos of it whatsoever because I was just and I sobered up. It was one of those where I sobered up because I didn't. I realized, holy shit, I'm standing in front of greatness. Yeah. And it was like. You made 17,000 people shut up. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. For a four and a half minute long song. Mm-hmm. You made 17,000 people just shut up. You can hear a pen drop mm-hmm. in Bridgestone Arena while he was playing. I forget what fucking song it was, but he's playing a slow song. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. It's insane. Like, come on. So totally. from this point forward, guys, don't uh, don't take your phones to concerts. 
Just keep him away. Just keep him away. Yeah. Just keep him away. Because as, as Bruce says, you, you, as, as Preston says, you, you need to you need to be able to keep that shit in your head and in your heart and yeah. not not on your phone. It's just right. something about the memories. Yeah. It's vague memories. You have some pictures. Like I can right. picture. I can smell it. I can yep. I can touch it all. It's like it's incredible. It's incredible. Well, guys, this has been a fantastic fucking episode. Um, we scratch the surface. We're, oh, we we come back. We, we're gonna come back to this. We have to. We have to come stories. back because now there's more stories on top of yeah. more stories. Yeah. We gotta come back to this. I don't keep you guys too long because you guys got family to go to and take care of. Tell wife I said hello. We will. Because last time I last time I saw them was at Tutuka. Yeah. Yeah. It's the last time I saw That's them. Right. They were both there. They were both there. So last time I saw them. Um, but um, this has been great, ladies and gentlemen. Low cash. Thanks for having us, buddy. See you. Thanks. You're listening to The Smoking Section. Powered by Symphonic.